Good morning, Light Southwest Iowa. How are you guys doing today? Good. Well, as Jason said, my name is Logan Powers, and I'm not one of the pastors here usually. Um, I'm actually the media and communications intern at Light Council Bluffs, director of communications at Light Council Bluffs. And as Jason said, what that means is I run our website, our Facebook pages, and I make these cool graphics you see every Sunday here at Light Council Bluffs and Light Southwest Iowa. Outside of that, I also get the privilege of being one of the preachers and the city group leaders for CLI IWCC, which is CLI Council Bluffs College Ministry. And can I just say that I love working for City Light. I love what I get to do for the God I love alongside the people I love. And I get a front row seat to see how God is moving in Iowa, Nebraska, and the City Light group of churches. While I really love what I do, I just can't help but be excited to be here before you all today because God has laid a message of hope on my heart. I'm, I just get to share that with all of you today. I think some of us, uh, our year of 2018 has been a little rough, and I want us to start off 2019 with some encouragement. And I, my goal for today is for everyone to remember that there's hope regardless of how our year went. There's hope for you, me, and everybody in this room today. Before I begin, though, I think we have to understand what hope is, and we have to define it. In order for me to do that, let me just ask you all a question. What do you hope for in 2019? I asked this question on my Facebook a couple weeks ago, and I got some pretty great responses. For me personally, I really hope I can read through the entire Bible in a year, cover to cover. Others who saw my Facebook post, they said things like, I hope I get in less car accidents, I hope I find a job, and I hope I save more money. The best response I got, though, was from my loving mother, which read, I hope I finally get some daughter-in-laws. And as a single man, all I can see is amen. I hope she does too. <laughs> and while there's nothing wrong with hoping into these types of things for the future, I ask this so we can define the word hope. And for my illustration today, we're just going to call this human hope. And human hope can be defined as, uh, human hope is the desire for something unpredictable to happen. Some might say, Something like, I hope I find a job, I hope I save money, or I hope I can read the Bible in an entire year. There's no guarantee that these things will happen. There's no guarantee that, I will, that we will stick to these goals we've set for ourselves. But as we we're going to see today, the Bible's definition of hope is actually different than human hope. Biblical hope is a confident expectation that something will happen in the future. And for most of us in the room, this definition of hope might be a little bit foreign to us. Uh, we see biblical hope as a result of reading a promise in the Bible and then believing in it. For example, the promise that God will never leave you or forsake you might bring you hope in the midst of loneliness. You can confidently expect that God will not abandon you because he's promised it to us. And it's this theme of hope that's woven throughout the Bible but today, I want to start by looking at a promise of hope in the Bible that was attached to the birth of a baby. This baby was named Jesus, and he was God in the form of a human, sent to, from heaven to earth to save his people from their sins. And today, we're going to see that Jesus is our hope. Jesus is our hope for yesterday, today, and tomorrow. So if you've been attending Sealite Southwest Iowa or Sealite Council Bluffs the last few weeks, You've been hearing a group of sermons in a series called The Crown, God's Promised King. And the reason why we called it this is because God made a promise to a couple 
named Joseph and Mary. God's promise was that Mary, a virgin, would be, give birth to a baby, and that baby would be named Jesus. This baby Jesus would grow up to be the hope for millions of people. Jesus would be the confident expectation that millions of people were eagerly waiting for. And it's thanks to this promise that Joseph and Mary had hope that their baby Jesus would do the things that God promised them. We see this promise in the book of the Bible called Matthew, specifically chapter 1, verse 21. What happens is, an angel of God appears to Joseph in a dream and tells him this. She, Mary, Joseph's wife, will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So Jesus is born, and there's a message of hope or confident expectation attached to his birth. This hopeful message is that Jesus will save his people from their sins. And City Light, this is great news for you and me today. And here's how. In the New Testament, there's a book called Romans. This book is actually just a long letter written by a follower of Jesus named Paul. It's in this book that Paul explains to us why Jesus being born to save his people from their sins is such great news for you and me today. If we look at Romans 3, chapter 3, verse 23, Paul writes this. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. What Paul is saying to us is that Jesus came to save people who don't have their life together. Jesus came to save broken people like you and me. Jesus came to save sinners. To be a sinner means that at one point or another in your life, you lived without God in your life. There was no room for God in our lives, and we happily went on living like that, regardless of God or not. And this lack of God in our life has made us broken people in the need of hope. To be broken just means maybe you're lonely or you're depressed. Maybe you find yourself facing an addiction or you're in the midst of suffering and pain. Paul later in Romans goes on to tell us that God's punishment for sin is death. Not just a physical death, but a spiritual one. God wants us all to have a never-ending life with him in his presence before his very face after this physical life we live. But since we've sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, we no longer deserve eternal life, but instead we deserve eternal death. We deserve to be separated from Jesus, his presence, and God's endless love. Thankfully, though, Jesus saved you and I from our sins by being killed on a cross in order to pay for the punishment of death we rightfully deserved due to our sins. It's this sacrifice that was a gift given to us by Heavenly Father that loves you and me so much more than we could ever imagine. And Paul has more to say after Romans 3.23. So let's keep reading and see how Paul finishes his thoughts on sin. Starting in verse 23 again, For all, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a propitiation by his blood to be received by faith. City Light, Jesus is our hope for yesterday. The sins we committed in our past, the lives we lived yesterday, have been forgiven today. God's punishment for sin was death, but since God loved you and me so much, he sent his son Jesus, a being who was both fully man and fully God, to live a perfect life that we couldn't, and sacrifice himself on a cross to pay for the sins of the entire world. And it's, that's what we call the gift of grace. And it's thanks to this graceful sacrifice that anyone who places their faith in Jesus Christ can be free from the weight of sin. We also get to escape the punishment for sin, which is eternal death, 
and now we get to joyfully expect eternal life after we die with confidence that it will come. That's what hope in Jesus looks like. When we trust in him, we can confidently expect that Jesus has saved us from our sins. Trusting in Jesus not only saves us from the penalty of sin, which is death, but he also helps us find joy in the midst of pain. He helps us find community in the midst of loneliness, and he helps us find healing for our broken hearts. So if you're in this room today, and you haven't looked to Jesus, or you haven't placed your faith in Jesus, can I just invite you right now to do that? A state of light, we say placing your faith in Jesus as is is as easy as ABC. The A is simply admit that you're a sinner. Paul in Romans tells us that we're all sinners and we all fall short of the glory of God. But do you personally, do you believe that? Are you broken and in need of help? Does this life feel like it constantly beats you down? The B is believe in the name of Jesus. Believe that Jesus was sent by God to die on the cross for the sins of you, me, and the rest of the world. And by that sacrifice, we have been saved from those sins. C is commit your life to Jesus. You can just tell God, hey, I've spent a lot of my life distant from you. I followed a path that was rebelling against you. And I'm just now realizing that I'm in need of hope. And Jesus, I need you and I'm willing to follow you regardless of where you lead me. And if that's you, I just encourage you right now after this message, come seek out me or Jason or Chuck and just let us know that you want to start a relationship with Jesus and you're ready to place your faith in him. We've talked about Jesus, how Jesus is the hope for our past. But we all know that we're not living in the past. We're not living in yesterday. We're living in the present, here and now. So where's the hope for our here and now? Where's the hope for today? Well, thankfully, Jesus' story didn't end with him dying on the cross. After Jesus died, Jesus is buried for three days, and then God brings him back to life. Jesus spends 40 days with his followers doing miracles, like healing the sick, feeding the hungry, and doing a, a, a long list of other miracles like that. Jesus then tells his followers that he's going back to heaven, but he's not leaving us alone. Jesus left us with the Holy Spirit, which now lives inside everyone who believes in Jesus Christ. And now, 2,000 years later, here we are today. So where's the hope for today, here and now? If we skip to Romans chapter 6, Paul begins to encourage us believers by giving us direction that's how we ought to live in the midst of Jesus' hope. So let's look at Romans chapter 6, verses 12 through 14, and see what Paul writes to us. He says, Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body to make you obey its passions. Do not present your members to sin as instruments, of, instruments for unrighteousness, but present yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and your members to God as instruments for righteousness. For sin will have no dominion over you, since you are not under law, but under grace. There's this common lie within the church that when you place your faith in Jesus, your life automatically gets easier or gets better or you start to become blessed. And that's not the case at all. When you place your faith in Jesus, life doesn't get easier, life doesn't get better, and you don't automatically get everything you pray for. When you start to follow Jesus, life gets hopeful. Paul here is encouraging us all who have placed our faith into Jesus to continue following him not go back to living the lifestyles we used to live before Jesus entered our lives. He's telling, he's telling us that while, yes, sin used to control our lives, Jesus has given us hope for today. Jesus has set us free from those sins, so now we get to live in that freedom by presenting ourselves to God every single day, no longer submitting to sin. 
And can I just be honest, City Light? When I first became a Christian, this is the area I struggled in the most. A little story about, a little story about how I got here today. I actually grew up in Red Oak, and I've lived there most of my life before I moved to Council Bluffs. My parents still live in Red Oak, and they still attend the same church our family always has. It's at that church where I went to Sunday, uh, church every Sunday, and eventually I gave my life to Christ as a middle schooler in our youth group. My love for Jesus began, began to grow stronger and stronger, but eventually I noticed that while my heart was for Jesus, there's still a lot of sin issues in my life. And this caused this wrestle within myself between following Jesus and fighting off my sin. Eventually, I got so obsessed with no longer sinning and being a perfect person, I placed my relationship with Jesus on the back burner, which ironically got me deeper in the hole of sin that I was hoping to crawl myself out of. The reason why I bring this up today is because whether you're a brand new believer or you've been following Jesus for decades, I want you to know that your hope comes from what Jesus did for you and not from what you're doing. In my walk with Jesus, I was so focused on being perfect and what I was doing, I lost sight of what Jesus had already done for me. That's a scary thing for us believers. Paul's encouragement here is that you and I have been freed from our sins, yes, but we've also been freed from our sins. Our sin no longer has any control of us over us whatsoever. And this is why Jesus is our hope for today. Every day we can wake up knowing that Jesus is our hope for today, and we no longer have to submit to sin again. But instead, we get to present ourselves to God and live righteous lives from here on out. So we've talked about Jesus being the hope for yesterday and Jesus being our hope for today. But what can we look forward to? Let's talk about our hope for tomorrow. To capture a glimpse of what's to come for us believers today, we have to make a jump to Romans chapter 8. It's in Romans chapter 8 where Paul writes to believers about what we can expect in the future, what we can look forward to. Let's look at Romans chapter 8, verses 18 through 19, and see what Paul writes to us now. He says, For I consider that the sufferings of this present age are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. The creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. See, like, let me ask you, what about this world you hate? Maybe you've seen a loved one go through illnesses like cancer. Maybe you've seen people of a certain race be treated unfairly. Maybe you yourself have been through pain and suffering recently. For me, though, my heart has always been broken for the death of innocent people. And I'll never forget the time that I came home from school one day and my dad had on the news I sat to watch it with him. On our screen were a line of men on their knees with bags on their heads. Behind them were armed soldiers with weapons. As I'm watching this, the bags go off of the, men, of the heads of the men on their knees, and the news begins to blur their faces. At that moment, you see the soldiers behind these men take out a sword, and instantly my heart shatters, because I know, know what's going to happen next. My heart breaks when I see innocent people die, whether their beliefs or their lifestyle is like mine or not. I remember watching this on the news and just wondering, how could evil like this ever exist in this world? I felt so hopeless, and I didn't know what to turn to for hope. In City Light, this is why it's so important to look towards Jesus for our hope for tomorrow. Paul writes to us that the horrible things of this world, the cancer, the racism, the murder, abuse, and war, they can't even be compared to the glorious eternal life believers of Jesus can look forward to upon our death. 
Scripture tells us that the place we will rest after death is called heaven, and it's perfect. We're promised that God will wipe away every tear we have. We're promised that there will be no more death, mourning, crying, or pain in this world. We'll be given new bodies, and sin will be no more. Life will be perfect, and that's a future, as Paul says, that I'm eagerly waiting for. So if you've yet to look to Jesus for hope, can I just ask, are you interested in what God has for you? Are you interested in this invitation that God and Jesus are offering you today? So if you're in the room and you feel broken, if you feel hopeless, let me just encourage you that there is hope. There's a hope that will heal you from your broken life of sin and lead you to an eternal life after death where life is absolutely perfect. And that hope is named Jesus. For the believer in the room right now, my invitation or my encouragement for you is to keep looking towards Jesus for hope. In another book of the Bible called Philippians that Paul also wrote, he tells us that while he hasn't obtained a perfection that's found in heaven, much like all of us today, he keeps pursuing Jesus until he has obtained that perfection. And that's Paul's encouragement for all of us today. As if you believe in Jesus and you've placed your faith in him, we ought to forget our sinful nature and our old life of sin. Instead, keep our eyes focused on what lies ahead. He tells us to keep moving forward towards a prize that is eternal life, that eventually everyone who has placed their faith in Jesus will inherit one day. And that's our hope for today, tomorrow, and yesterday. So City Light, we're going to begin to transition into communion. And that's a good time to just respond to everything you've heard today. But before, we're just going to bow our heads and pray. And if you're a new Christian here, if you're thinking about maybe starting a relationship with Jesus, I just encourage you as we bow our heads to pray, would you just do business with God? Maybe you are excited to start a relationship with him. Would you just cry out to God and say, I need Jesus. I need something to hope in. If you're someone who's been walking with Jesus for decades, or you've been with Jesus for a while now, I just pray that you would ask for strength for today, that you'd be able to turn away from sins and continue to look towards tomorrow for the hope that lies ahead of us. So church, let's bow our heads and pray. Oh God, I just thank you so much for sending your son Jesus to die on a cross in order to pay for the sins we've committed. If you hadn't, we'd all be hopeless sinners, but now we have hope in Jesus. Lord, if there's anyone here who doesn't know you today, I just pray that you'd be speaking to them right now. I pray that you'd be calling their heart out to place their faith in you today. And for the Christian in the room, Lord, I pray that you'd give us strength for today. Help us turn away from sin and help us look for towards help us look towards tomorrow for the hope that we can eagerly wait for. Help us help us wait for the promise that you've made to us that's still to come. Lord, we love you and we pray this in your name.